0: A promising first half for the Sixers in South Philly against the Dallas Mavericks. The second half, not so kind as they get outscored by 20 points, fall to the Mavs tonight. And hey, things are starting to go in the other direction, but the direction that you should always be in after a game is right here, like you are right now, PHLY Sixers game. Welcome. I'm Devon Givens alongside Derek Bodner, Kyle Newbeck at the arena. We'll tap in with Kyle a little bit later. And Bree here producing, as always, you, you are here Let's talk about it because this one, of course, was interesting. Sixers up after two, going into halftime, and you're looking at things. Nice balance, good defense. Overall, Luka Doncic not really going off. Same for Kyrie Irving. They're getting a big number from Josh Green for the Dallas Mavericks. And then the second half comes in the third quarter, which has been a problem spot sometimes for the Sixers, but when Joel Embiid is on the floor... Maybe not so much. That's when they start to blow teams out. But he's not there to bail them out. There are a few other things that were problematic in this one, and we'll talk about it all as we break it down for you uh, here on the post game show. Derek, good to be back, of course, during start of a week. Four games this week. We got a big trade deadline show on Thursday. But to start things off here, promising again, as I said, to start the game off and then the third quarter happens. Yeah,
1: and look, I, we want to mention that real quickly right off the bat. Thursday, 2 to 4 p.m., we will be at Chicken or the Egg in Marlton. Just want to make sure you're all aware of that. We'd love to see your wonderful faces and personalities and talk some basketball with you. Yes. uh, Because I think we might need to commiserate with some of the fine people who watch the show. Because the basketball we are watching right now is not great. It is not great.
0: So we might have to commiserate about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, depending on what happens on uh, Wednesday against Golden State. But your thoughts on this one? I mean, I know I said a lot, but there's so much to break down.
1: I mean, it is, it's just, it is so hard to watch this team offensively right now. And when you look at it, and what do they end up with? 20, uh, 29 three point attempts in the year 2024. Yep. A lot of them came late. Uh, that is just not enough. And I thought they, especially in the first half, they did some things well enough to like, hey, they might be able to steal a victory here. Like they did a good job on the offensive glass. They took care of the ball reasonably well considering who they have on the floor. Um, They defended really well, especially in that second quarter. And you thought they might be able to steal a game. And then they came out. Offense couldn't do anything in the third quarter. I'm sure we'll get to that. Defense couldn't get a stop there in the fourth quarter. The Mavs at one point scored on 10 straight possessions to blow the game wide open, and that second half was very tough to watch. And it just, when you watch this team, there's so few decision makers and ball handlers and creators around Tyrese Maxey right now that they load up, they get that ball out of their hands, and whoever they have, like the six, whoever Maxey passes it to and has like a four on three or a three on two, the other team just knows the Sixers aren't going to be able to get get, get a good look out of it when you have you know paul reed as the outlet valve or kelly Ubre as the outlet valve they just don't make good enough quick enough decisive enough decisions to punish any kind of late rotations and it is like maxi really struggled with his own offense uh you know he was missing a lot of runners and floaters inside and the fact that there is nobody outside of maxi to create a shot for anyone else nobody who's decision making that you really trust nobody who like I think it was Rich who brought this up on Twitter. The Sixers are amazing in that when they get like a four on three like that, they neither have good spacing nor are able to like kick out and get a good open shot. And you don't trust their decision makers inside. They end up just with these, a cluttered court and a wild contested layup at the rim that has a very low chance of going in. It's amazing that defenses are able to sell out so aggressively to get the ball out of Maxie's hand. And they just can't get a good shot out of it. It's it's very frustrating.
0: It, it really is. And for the people, obviously, you guys are here. You watch the game. For those who didn't, it just tuning in, did not get a chance. Tyrese Maxey got in foul trouble pretty early in the oh. game. And he picked up two early fouls at the uh, eight nineteen mark in the first quarter. Nick Nurse allowed him to keep playing. And then he collected his third just about three minutes later. And he challenged the call. Ah, uh, because he felt like it was a questionable call. It was an offensive, offensive play. So it was a charge. The officials called a charge on Tyrese Maxey. Pick up his third foul with uh, five minutes and fifty-five seconds to play in the first quarter. Challenged, unsuccessful. Picked up the foul. Now the Sixers did play well to close out the quarter. Tobias Harris with some good minutes there. The same for Kelly Oubre. So they were able to hold on and do what they needed to do to protect the lead. And even going into the third quarter, second quarter where Maxie did start at the second quarter, and he was still a little aggressive, trying to get his, playing off ball with Patrick Beverly so he didn't have to drive too much and, and put himself in harm's way on the offensive end again to pick up that fourth foul and be in real trouble. He did that. They were able to lead after two. 57, 53. But one thing that I, I think I saw, and I would love to get Derek's thoughts, and of course all of you in, in the chat. One thing that I felt like I saw was, as as Derek is talking about it, and he's absolutely right. He's the only shot creator. Second, you know, you can look at Kelly Oubre and Tobias Harris, also as shot creators, but not ones that you trust as much as him. And the defense is loading up, and they're getting the ball out of his hands. But the other problem too with Maxi was where that wasn't his problem. He had to get the ball out of his hands. But then when him with him dealing with foul trouble, missing time on the floor, frustrated because he's not able to really get his, he's now driving to the basket and looking for calls. Yeah. He's looking for the officials to bail him out, and that's not him. That's not his game. That's something that we talked about with James Harden, who had already established himself as that type of player, a former MVP, multi-time All-Star franchise player, draws those fouls and gets the whistle, because of who he is, the stature that he is. Maxi even being a first-time All-Star, just getting and garnering that recognition is not quite there yet. So he doesn't really have the luxury, even on his home floor, when he thinks he's getting that call. And he's probably right a, a decent amount of time where you feel like he should get the whistle. He can't, though, hunt for those calls. Oh. And that's something that you want to see him play through. With. So for me, that's something that I saw that kind of took him, number one, again, the, the fouls, the foul trouble, taking him out of the game, and then number two, where I felt like he should have just kept playing, playing himself, rushing because he wants to get into an offensive flow, a good rhythm. His team needs him to get into that offensive flow and that good rhythm. And then looking for those foul calls, those two things are not a good recipe when you're playing against a a, a team that's pretty much on your level right now, if not better, without Joel Embiid. You, You needed him to play a little more of a mature game while playing through the contact and then fighting with the officials at the same time.
1: Yeah. And look, there's, you know, I think you can certainly say like this level of responsibility, Tyrese at his young age and inexperience, like it's, we've said it before, it's his first time being a lead initiator, a lead perimeter creator on a team. He may not be ready to do this on a night-to-night basis without you, without Joel Embiid. I think that's probably fair. Certainly doesn't help when you shoot one from five from three and you can't get it going inside. But also, this team as constructed might be uniquely ill-positioned to try to you know, play off of his strengths. Because like I said, you need shooting around them. You need yeah. decision-makers around them so that they have to give at least pause of I'm going to throw two defenders at the ball. Right now, there is no reason to even remotely pause to throw two, maybe even three defenders at the ball because, like I said, there's just no... Outside of Kelly Oubre, there's no quick trigger three-point shooters on his team. A lot of times, you don't want Kelly having that quick of a trigger. And there's zero decision-makers, with the exception of occasionally Tobias, and he's not even a quick decision-maker, behind him so that when he gets rid of the ball, you always feel like you can recover. And this is what um, Tyrese is going to see game after game after game defenses are just going to throw everything they have at him, throw two at the ball pretty much constantly and dare the Sixers supporting role players to try to beat them. They just don't have anyone who's going to do it. And it might help when DeAnthony comes back. That'll help a little bit. It'll help a little bit when Batum comes back because at the very least, he does have a relatively quick trigger on that three-pointer yeah. because you do trust his decision-making. He'll at least make the quick pass to get it to the next station and try to beat that scrambling defense. Right now, it's just Kelly Oubre putting the ball on deck, going to his left and throwing up a prayer in traffic. And that's just not good enough. When you have a, a three on two advantage, almost every trip down It's very, very tough to watch. And again, I think the Sixers did a lot of things in this game where you would say, like, I think the Sixers gave pretty good effort, at least up until maybe the middle of the fourth quarter, when that one really went and the game got out of hand, I thought the effort was there. Like yep. they won the second chance points battle. They won getting out in transition and they, and fast break points. They just, their offense is a slog right now. And it's going to be a slog. I don't know how to rectify that. Of course, we will talk about this in the, the days coming up. Uh, again, Thursday, we will have a live show at Chicken or the Egg. But man, it is, it is tough. I don't know how we're going to get, like, let's say theoretically, we've got four to eight weeks of no Joel Embiid. Yeah. Unless a star just falls and becomes available over the next couple of days, it is going to be a tough watch. And I say that knowing that I'm, I'm, I like our jobs are talking to you. We want you to be invested in this team, but I can't lie to you. This is not going to be great basketball.
0: This is not, especially if it's going to look like this. Because uh, again, for what we saw and what we saw Maxi trying to do, then having having the the questions of what needs to happen, trying to play through the contact, looking for the foul calls a, as well, and then having that defense shift to him the way that we talked about that. You saw it on Saturday where he finished with 20-plus points and he had some things go his way, but for the most part, he did not because he was playing against that length of the Brooklyn Nets. They got to him, and once he got past or seemingly got past one defender or at least had him on his hip... Next thing you know, he's going up against Nick Claxton in that length that he has there right at the rim. He's a very good shot blocker, doesn't really leave his feet unless he has to. And you saw that on Saturday in the loss to the Brooklyn Nets. And then here, once again, where the same thing happened, where a different type of version of Tyrese Maxey, where he did have the foul trouble, but then when he's getting in there, he's trying to get that contact. He's trying to get that body, get to the free throw line, get something going, also get the and one, get the bucket, where he gets the plus. And gets to the free throw line, it just wasn't there for him. And if it's not going for him, and Tobias Harris is only able to do so much, Kelly Oubre, the same thing, where is it going to come from? And that's where Nick Nurse really has to settle in and figure out what's the best style of play. He's already down two starters, three starters, with Embiid out. He's not coming back for a while. But with Melton getting back on the practice floor, Batum eventually maybe getting back out there as well. We're not gonna we may not see that though before the trade deadline. And that's where, again, we'll get to that later and over the coming days, maybe even during the show, as Derek talked about, maybe a star falling in their lap by Thursday. But this is gonna be very difficult to watch because they're going to have to figure out. And even when I was sitting there before we left the arena, and I'm looking defensively, because that's a challenge too. I swear I saw a one-two-two two yeah. where you had. I don't remember who was at the top of the press, but it, not not the press, but the one-two-two two of that zone, uh, where let's just say Kelly Oubre. But Kelly Oubre is up at the top of the uh, of of the of the defense, and then you got the two back, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. But they broke it. Dallas did very easily, and this was on a night, folks, where Luka Doncic to me seemed a little disinterested with how things were playing. Now, I'll give Jerry. Uh, uh, uh Springer we give Jaden Springer a lot of credit for what he did in the second quarter yep. specifically defensively against Luka Doncic but even before that he just looked i'm I'm out here I'm I'm bored kind of because Jaden Springer wasn't there early on to slow him down and he did finish with 19 eight boards and three assists he only shot the ball 15 times folks yeah Luka was kind of on cruise control tonight and in the second half, that's where things picked up more Kyrie Irving. Josh Green was the one in the first half hitting three-pointers where that's not his game. He's more defense, athleticism, getting out in the open floor, backdoor cuts, lobs, and finishing at the rim. Instead, he was knocking down threes when his teammates were looking for him, Luka Doncic and others. They were finding him open in the corner. They were letting him shoot. They were looking for Derek Jones Jr. to shoot the ball. They were letting them shoot. He was punishing them, Josh Green, Luca was on cruise control, yeah. and in the second half, everyone else picked up their play, and that's how they won this game. Also on the offensive end, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that was that was the, when I saw the one two two man, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think
1: they had a, I, a one three one at one point too. Like Nick, Nick tried to get creative, and I'm it's, cool with that. I like the creativity. It never worked. It that never, was right in the middle right. of the ten straight possessions, right. but you got to try something.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely, man. But no, that that one was tough. That was tough. And we'll get to the second half. We'll talk about some positives with Jaden Springer for what we saw there. Derek even put out a tweet. Hey, man, if this guy can just do one NBA-level skill set, if he can pick up one, one, just one, to go along with that defense that he had on display uh, tonight, then he might be in good shape with the minutes that he's going to get because without Embiid, you're going to need that. And with the inconsistency defensively of Bamba and Reed together, you're going to need something, something until Melton gets back and Batum, who's a great team defender, you're going to need something to really slow things down. But first, let's tell you about uh, a few things. Pay a couple of bills here, and we're going to start off here with some bagels. Tell you about some bagels. You want to tell them about some bagels? Sure. You wanna, yeah, you tell uh, them about the bagels. I think you got now. it. Right. I got it last time. All right. You know, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with that. I am a little hungry. Yeah? Yeah, before we left, I was looking for some food. I was like, all right, let me. Let me see if we can get something. But you know what? There were no bagels in the arena, and uh, what we had, you saw them saw them here uh, last week, where we had the bagels on full display here. Bagels and Co. are great friends. Kyle talks about them very, very often, and we do too. Brooklyn style bagels made in Philly. You know, with the Philly love, they make sure that the huge bagels, biggest bagels in Philly's very large. Hence the Brooklyn, New Jersey style. We had large variety. Usually have fifteen to twenty different types to choose from daily, and they have seasonal bagels as well. For instance, we if you were with us during the Reading Terminal run that we had, the Christmas bagels on full display right there. Great, great stuff from Bagels & Co. Largest cream cheese varieties uh, and 30 different flavors of cream cheese smears, different types of seasonal flavors uh, that they cater to for various sports teams, of course, here in Philadelphia, Florida as well, whenever they get to expand out there. For instance, during the holiday, Christmas bagels, football season, Eagles. Same thing here with the Sixers and maybe even the Phillies. We saw that during the playoff run for the World Series run They have it all for you, have you all covered. Did some Phillies promotional style stuff in the fall, and hopefully we get a chance to see that again. They're an affordable brand, get a lot of food for cheap. In today's inflationary world, that's key to Bagels & Co. They've debated raising the prices, but wanted to make sure that they were an everyday brand and not some season and high price place high on the weekends where you can't get food for the family. (laughs) So they kept it that way and made sure they do that, have the mom-and-pop feel, but cater to the everyday individual, really good coffee. It's not $7 like Starbucks. Why go to Dunkin' when you can go to this great spot? Once again, more premium product at the same price point. For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to www.thebagelsandco.com. You can find your store nearest you to find the closest Bagels & Co. to get the great, great bagels that they have.
1: We also want to make sure we tell you about game time because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Now, watching the team, that's going to be stressful as all heck, but buying the tickets, no, nah, na nah, that should be easy. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. With GameTime, you get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, with two taps and you're set. With tickets sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without distress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: I just looked at Twitter and Stacy hit me up on Twitter, quiet storm. Stacey on Twitter. She said it just like you, Derek. She thought she saw one three, one out there on the floor. So definitely got that one, three, one defense mixed in and they're gonna have to get creative because uh, looking at looking at how you know Paul Reed has some 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 decent plays here and there, but for the most part he struggled tonight. Mo Bamba off the bench got awful. seventeen plus he minutes. Was
1: awful, like his rebound, Kyle and I, I'm sure Kyle will talk about it when we get along. <laughs> Kyle and I were losing our minds. Yeah, he was just going up without a purpose. He was getting Are you pushed talking about Bamba? around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, Reed was bad too, but in his own unique way. At least Paul Reed rebound. Yeah, it seems like. Mo Bamba doesn't really want to rebound. He just goes through the motion, so it looks like he is. He is awful on the, on the glass. Awful. He, he awful.
0: did end up with 10 boards, uh, four of which were offensive, but his overall game tonight was offensive, just like our headline there on the show, <laughs> uh, graphic because it was offensive. But no, he was. There was, of course, where we sit, so on the first half behind the basket, and you get a really good chance to see how they're rebounding, their positioning, and what's going on. And you just saw he wasn't attacking the ball as it was coming off through yeah. the room. And then when he did get his hands on it, the Dallas Mavericks were right there yeah. looking like they're ready to snatch it out of his hands. And you wanted to see him cradle it and, and at least squeeze the basketball to make sure that no one else could really get in there and try to pry the basketball loose. But it was very, very evident that to what Derek is talking about when he and Kyle were watching it uh, together... That, that was a problem, and he gets 10 by accident. So, if he does what those guys are talking about, he's gonna get five to six more attacking. That's all one to. This is what we talk about all the time. That's just one to an effort to go get the basketball, yep. loose balls, and then just simply, I'm bigger than everybody else. Nobody's gonna get it. Maxi is out there with him at the center spot. Derek Jones Jr., who's a really good, a great athlete. But that's your basketball. Yep. It's in your area. Get the basketball. Squeeze that basketball and don't let anybody. Look at Pat Bev came in there and stole an offensive rebound on one of them down the other end of the floor in the first half. And I mean, he ripped it down so nobody else could get it. But that's him. That's his personality. You know he's going to do that. Jaden Springer had a great uh, rebound where he also took it from a Dallas yeah. defender where he ripped it away from him, similar to what we're talking about with Mo Bamba, but he just that's his M.O. We nope. know that already, and that's why he was available available for a minimum at, at the, uh, at, during free agency late in the period.
1: The one that really got Kyle going was when Mo. I think he missed one on the offensive glass, just didn't pursue it, went over his head. And then on the other trip down, like Pat Beverly is just fighting for a defensive rebound and fighting, fighting, fighting. It's like if that guy at six foot can do it, what are you doing on the court? Like what are you do? Sh- like I said, I'm sure Kyle will talk about this at some point when we bring him on. Yeah. Paul Reed, also not good. I thought defensively he was out of position a lot. Uh, and lost. I think the Mavs are a little tough to defend in this regard because they they have so much gravity and are such a threat coming off of screens uh, that he was stepping up, but he had no chance to recover. And it didn't look like there was anyone on the backside to cover behind him. So you're guessing that the scheme he was playing out of position in. Um, just a really tough outside of Jaden Springer. And I really like those second quarter Jaden Springer minutes with the way he locked down Luka. Uh, he was he was everywhere defensively. I love watching that guy get over screens. I love watching that guy rip the ball out of ball handler's hands. He has a real point of attack defense that this team hasn't had in a long time. And he, I thought he was real, he struggled a lot uh, in his first stint in the first half. Uh, but he came out and at least did a few things offensively. You just need for him to do one or two things so he can stay on the floor because he really is their best perimeter defender. He just needs to be playable offensively.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. And and again, as there, let's, let's talk about the positive of what Jaden Springer did in, in his minutes out there on the floor. He played 21 minutes. A, a, a good majority of those, you know, through the first three quarters, the meaningful minutes for this team uh, where they needed him. And overall, he played 15 minutes and 20, and he had six points. He had three boards, three steals, and just one turnover in that time. He had one assist where he drove to the basket, kind of had to pivot. He stopped himself. I thought. I thought he could have elevated, but cutting Kelly Oubre right to the middle, he basically dumped it off to him. He finished it at the rim for for a layup. But overall, Jaden Springer was really good tonight. Uh, he was he was smart with the basketball. He didn't try to do too much. Where I thought sometimes he needed to do a little bit extra to get a shot off because I thought he had a few, but he he doubted himself and instead passed the basketball. But that's okay sometimes because you need it. But they were at the rim, so you want to see that high percentage shot right there, that floater, that uh, nice push out that he has uh, occasionally. All you needed to do is get it to trickle on the rim and the backboard and the rim is your friend, and you might get that to fall. So you would like to see him do that. But defensively is really where it was, and that led to a few baskets the other way. He stripped Luka one time went the other way, got Kelly Oubre a dunk. He had another one on the very next possession, if not the very next one, the second one, where he pulled up for a short jumper and made it. And that's what you want to see from him. And as you talked about, if he can't do it in the half court, Derek, if he can generate that from the other end, defense leading the offense, if it's not him finishing, but his teammates finishing at the rim, That is going to be a plus for them because they're going to have to create some easy shots in the open floor where you have maybe a numbers advantage and you have a situation where you can get that, you know, have the floor balanced your way where you have that man advantage. Maybe it's a flare out for three, driving, filling lanes, getting to the basket. And you never know when that defense can lead to a nice run for you where you can even get somebody like Tyrese Maxey or Tobias Harris going. His defense was really good leading to offense and as much as Luka was disinterested, in my opinion, in the game, Springer also frustrated him enough where I saw him complain to the officials a few times yeah. where he felt like he should have got a call.
1: And in that middle of that stretch that you were talking about, like there was the one where he, he stripped Luka on that drive. And then another possession or two later, he came down, fought through a screen, contested a, a tough jumper on Luka, got the, you know, pretty much floorboard. Dove, I don't don't think he dove for it, but fought for a floorboard. Then started pushing it up, and when he pushed it up, he tried like this spin move and transition and traffic and just dribbled it off his foot and right back to the Mavs. Right, and that's really it. I, I not only do I need him to get a shot, and he needs to have a shot. Like all five players on the floor need to shoot, especially when you're, um, you know, a perimeter player. But he also just he needs to slow down a little bit offensively. Like he gets going at times, dribbles himself into in a traffic, gets caught in a no man's land, and then doesn't know how to get out of it. Just do a little less. If the three's not there, swing it around. If you're, you know, you take two drives and the defense collapses on you, kick it out. Like, I think at times he tries to do a little bit too much offensively, which is bad because the skill level is still behind. So when you try to do a little too much, it tends to lead to bad results. He just needs a shot and better decision-making, and I think he can have a role on a team because the defense is, I mean, I have no doubt that he's a very legitimate, very capable, very versatile uh, defender in this league. Uh, and I think that versatility is key. Like, he can defend someone like Luca because he's strong. Um, because he has that physicality to get through screens and the length uh, and, and wingspan to defend guys bigger than him. And he has a foot speed to defend on the perimeter, too. Like, you can put him legitimately on a Kyrie or on a Luca, He can, you know, credibly hold up against either of them. You just need him to be playable offensively. For most of the season, he has not been. Uh, but I thought he was better at times as the game wore on today.
0: Uh, I mean, go back to the Jazz game, that last yeah. game when they, when, yeah. where he...
1: Clarkson in jail. Yes, he Absolutely. did. Absolutely. Yes, he,
0: yep. he did. Yeah, and he, he was really good. He was really good there so that's 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 something that we saw tonight a, a positive that we could take away from it it just has to get that offensive game going and you know it's funny man because when they played that Hawks game what was that the second to last game of last season going into the playoffs mm-hmm. where he played a lot and he he helped lead the team Daniel House they they won that game and he had what almost 30 points in that game uh Jaden Springer did and Offensively, though, to your point of not rushing and playing under control, he did that against starters in that game, against the Atlanta Hawks. And and so that's where the question for me comes in. How does he go from that? And and look, that was a meaningless game in a sense for the Sixers because the playoffs were already wrapped up. He was getting 30 plus minutes, but the Hawks were playing starters. So it wasn't like they weren't giving effort on that other end. They were still fighting for a situation in terms of the play in to where we are still questioning certain things here now, in the here and now, of what he's doing offensively on the floor and why is he speeding himself up? Why is he not playing at a, at a, at a different pace when we've seen it before? And this is, this is something that we're gonna see him. We're gonna see him in the rotation and maybe there's something that, that they can get out of him, squeeze a little bit more of that juice out of him uh, for the time being. But as Ash says here in the chat, this team is built to play around Joel b so when he isn't there, it isn't a house of cards. There, oh, uh, very much, <laughs> very yep. much so, and that's where the question will come in with Nick Nurse: How do they change the style of play? What does need to happen, especially offensively, for them? I was talking to uh, someone earlier, and we were talking about that very thing of back when Simmons. Uh, had to take over in the 2018 season, mm-hmm. I believe it was, and the Bellinelli, the Bellinelli Iliosova, yep. J.J. Reddick was already already here, and so you're talking about a lot of three-point shooting around Ben Simmons, so is that the idea here going forward? The problem is you don't have those type of three-point no, shooters. Don't. That's where maybe you have to go into the trade deadline, but if you're going to do that, you have to make sure that while you're doing that, that's also going to Blend in and mix with what Joel Embiid does when he comes back. So, shooting is shooting around Embiid. So, yes, that should work, but we'll get into all the trade deadline stuff. This is where they're going to Nick Nurse is going to have to really earn his money for the time being and try to figure out how to get the very best out of this team with Tyrese Maxey the lead guy, Tobias Harris, and then everybody else.
1: Yeah. And look, I don't, I hate almost saying this because I don't want to make too much out of like Batum and Melton because they are just role players but at the very least are role players who will a shoot and b make decent decisions. And yes. that is so meaningful. When you start talking about, you know, just trying to like you've the Sixers right now without Joel Embiid have to do so many of the little things. And I hope that those add up enough that you can steal a game here or there. I mean, if players who are either incapable of, or you don't trust their decision-making to do the little things, then it's very like you can string that together for a quarter or two, but for a full game, eventually they're going to figure out how to pick the Sixers apart. And it's just, uh, like I said, watching that third quarter where they just had no chance of beating that four on three or no chance of really stopping. Them. I just don't know what the team right now can rely on if Max is not on a 51 point heater. Uh, and this was a night where he very much was not.
0: Yeah. And, and, and 17 points in the third quarter was tied for the season, low 17 points in the third overall. And at one point, I think it was around a five minute mark before the subs came in and Nick Nurse waved the, the, the flag and said, all right, enough is enough. Derek, you had mentioned that they had scored just 15 points. And at that point, they were up to 32 points in the second half. They were outscored by 20 points in the second half where the Dallas Mavericks really got things going in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, and a lot
1: of that scoring in the fourth quarter from the Sixers was garbage time. Like they had, yeah. they had, I think, like 15 in the fourth quarter with like four or five minutes left Um, It was a, a, when this game was actually in doubt, the Sixers offense was nowhere to be found.
0: 41-28 in the fourth and off the bench, Grant Williams and Jaden Hardy got going. And at that point, those guys couldn't miss any shots where you had both of them combined going four for five from three in the second half. And before we say, oh, that was late, no, Grant Williams hit a couple of big shots during that stretch that the starters were still out there. And the same for Jaden Hardy during his nine minutes and 25 seconds. A lot of those early on before the, the reserves came in where they knocked down those shots to help extend the lead. And you just saw it right there where the sixes just didn't have anything left. Luca with six, Irving with five, and Maxi Kleber with four. And they were seven for 10 in the fourth quarter in total in that, pardon me, in that fourth quarter. So they shot the lights out, and I had put in my notes right away as the Sixers were playing really well in the first quarter. They were 8-for-21 f- from the field Dallas was and 2-for-10 from three in the first quarter where the Sixers had 15 rebounds to Dallas's 8, and things flipped once again once we got to the third quarter and things really lopsided in that frame, and, that, and that's where we've seen the Sixers really well in that third quarter. They lose it twenty-four to seventeen, and Dallas didn't shoot all that well three for eleven from three. But the Sixers were eight for twenty-eight overall from the floor and one for seven, and were still down just seven in that frame. So they yeah. weren't down big; they were only down seventy-seven, what seventy-seven seventy-three off the top of my head. In the third, it was that fourth quarter during that stretch there, as Derek talked about, where they just went on that run. Yep, and that was it.
1: And look, I, I like it's one thing. You know, the Sixers have a lot of hesitant shooters, but they also just nobody really create a shot. And it, those two feed off of each other so much. So like I said, it's so easy right now to just take the ball out of Tyrese's hands and defend everyone else. And even with Tyrese, and this has been brought up, I think a lot. And I think in some ways it's true. I think he needs a little like that that mid range game. And I'm not a huge mid range guy, but your stars need to have a mid range game. And I think this one has shown why because they. Once they run Maxi off the line, they know they can just load up at the rim because he's not really looking to pull up right now. And especially right now with the, the Sixers not having very many players he can kick it out to and play kind of like any kind of a two-man game with, uh, they are are challenging Maxi at the rim, and he's struggling. And this is a Dallas team. I think they came in the league uh, with opponent field goal percentage at the rim. They were last in the league in defending the rim. And even that, they were able to load up. And look, some of that is just Maxi not getting a call or Max m- missing some runners or, or floaters or layups that he would normally make. But... I think it's right now there's just not a real like Maxi needs some kind of help and it's like I said earlier I think it might be a year or two early in Maxi's time frame to ask him to carry an entire offense for two months at a time but it's also maybe the exact wrong team to try to do that with they're just not built to play this kind of basketball
0: and quickly just to tell you about Maxie's night tonight, 32 minutes and 51 seconds. He was six for 16 from the floor, one for five from three. And he got to the free throw line three times, knocking down two of those, finished 15 points, seven assists, those four personal fouls. He had three turnovers. And we know we've talked about it plenty here where Maxie does not turn the basketball over. But for the second consecutive game, seeing the blitz, seeing that length come at him and having to get a, get rid of the basketball quickly, he's going to have some nights where he has these three turnovers and things like that. So 19 points for Oubre to lead the team and scoring 17 for Tobias Harris, but 10 off the bench for Marcus Morris.
1: 19 points on 17 shots with zero assists. You need more out of your second option. And people are going to be like, oh, well, he's a minimum contract. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. But right now he's probably your second most important player on the team. You just need him to not have complete tunnel vision, and maybe, maybe just make one connective pass or one kickout pass no. to the corner, so no. that then they're not loading up to meet you at the rim either. No, um, you just need. No. You need more.
0: No, you're talking about Kelly Oubre. No, I know he that. Sees and- the, he sees the the green light is there now, folks. Joel is not there. The green light is his, and that thing is. You know how at night when you leave, and sometimes the light is stuck and you're like, oh, this you just yeah. look and you look in your rear, you're like, ah, that light's been green for a long time. That's Kelly Oubre. That thing is stuck on green, and <laughs> yes. when that ball swings to him, especially in the corner, boy, you're not getting that ball back, so you better forget it. And he was squeezing those shots off tonight, <laughs> yeah. and he made sure he fired those shots off again. 19 points on 17 shots. He did not see a shot tonight that he did not like.
1: But if you are going to steal a couple of games here, and in order to Keep like a top six seed. They're going to need to steal games. They just need him to be better.
0: Yeah. Especially, look,
1: especially on the night when Maxi doesn't have it.
0: And look, we know it's a little doom and gloom right now. I'm seeing the comment se- season is over. It's, uh, you know, same thing all over again with this team. This team is cursed, so on and so forth. But look, we still want you to go to, well, the Sixers definitely want you to go to the arena. And we want you there as well because on the 23rd of this month, it's a Friday night, second night of a back-to-back. On Thursday, they play the New York Knicks at home. And then on Friday, they host the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, by the way, are also surging in the standings right now. Both teams, New York and Cleveland, playing some really good basketball right now. But that being said, it's going to be a trade, maybe. Who knows? I don't know what Daryl Moore is going to do. But if he does, maybe the new-look Sixers will be on the floor. So we want to see you in the building because we're going to be there For our second official PHLY Takeover, Philadelphia hosting Cleveland will be at the game with you. So make sure you please check it out. Uh, You can check it out on Twitter, of course, if you follow PHLY Sports, PHLY Sixers on Twitter. We made sure we retweeted it out. We would like to see you there. There's a handful of tickets for you to get. Come on out. Watch the game with us. We'll have a lot to talk about, just like Derek said on Thursday for our trade deadline show, a lot of, a lot to commiserate about and discuss about this basketball team. I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about. And why not do that in-game with us where we can chat it up and throw some things, bounce some things off of each other. And we'll even talk about it on the, on our post-game show. Once the game is over, hopefully we're talking about a win. Hopefully we're talking about a better product on the floor. But we would like to see you once again for the takeover. Phl PHLY6's crew, myself, Derek, Kyle, Bree will be there on the 23rd, February at the arena, Philadelphia and Cleveland.
1: Yeah. And it was really, we had one of these earlier. It was really cool to get to meet people, chat, talk about some Sixers, talk about all kinds of, I mean, not that there's any good news in Philly sports, but like theoretically some good news in Philly sports, if that does happen somehow. Um, (laughs) And and the the tickets where these are, there's a bar up in that section so we can have a, a beverage or two. It will be a great time. I'm looking forward to it, and I will probably spend way too much time chatting with people and not enough time watching the game, which will make that post-game show can it out. real interesting. But, you know, we'll,
0: we'll, figure, BS it out. It. we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. We always know, do.
1: The, the people at the, at the game will be more important than the game anyway.
0: Well, see, that's why so. you take the notes from what they're saying and yeah. come back and say, <laughs> Money Mars said this. Yeah, yeah, Jay of the this, Jungle yeah. said this. So let's elaborate a little bit on what they had to say. And that's what we'll talk about on February 23rd, Friday night. PHI, our second official takeover at the arena. All right. Uh looking at looking at this team here and 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 what we got from them tonight, a lot of struggles, a lot of up and down w- with this team. I, I was looking at them, and Wednesday they're gonna host the Golden State Warriors, folks. They have a three-game homestand here, and then um uh, they have Golden State and then Atlanta on Friday. So a three-game homestand, fourth game. At the arena, uh, pardon me on the road where they have four games this week. We'll be here with you for post game for all four games. But I was I was looking at them and, and guys, gals, Sixer fans out there, Derek. I was looking at them saying, I wonder how many of these are, are are actually playing in their second to last game in a Sixer uniform because of Thursday's trade deadline. Not to get too much into that because we'll have a lot to talk about on Wednesday after the game yeah. and certainly on the trade deadline. But I, I was looking at them and. More of this is what I ask you. We'll get to Kyle when he jumps in from the arena after he finishes all his post game work. How Although much? To be of, honest,
1: if he doesn't get on here in the next ten minutes, I'm not sticking around. Yeah, for he won't We don't him. need to do an hour twenty show just to talk. No, to no, Kyle. No, no, not on this. Slide. No, we're not getting
0: no, much yeah. any updates on injuries here yeah, tonight, yeah, yeah. unless we want to hear him rant about Mobamba. But how much of what you looked at, what you looked at tonight, made you think about again? They need to do something or not need to do something for this to be sustainable. And of course, we don't know the we don't know the diagnosis and what's going to come out of Embiid surgery. Well, he, has he has a uh, has he's it. having
1: a procedure on an injury.
0: Correct, and we don't know yet. Why can't find we out just more. say he's
1: having surgery on his tournament? I don't understand. It. I know. I don't. Get I know. It. He's clear. anyway.
0: I know. But how much of that watching this team and not knowing when he comes back? has you leaning one way or the other of what maybe not to get into names, but just more of, hey, they need to do something or not what do what other
1: something? procedure would there even be on knee <laughs> I don't he's
0: still on the procedure. I don't fucking get it. I, I know, don't get it. I know. But how much? How much? And then we'll get to Kyle.
1: So like I, I, again, I think part of it, we won't really know the full details of the recovery until it actually goes under in knife or the procedure or whatever you would even say for that. Um Look, if they want to contend with Embiid this year, I think they need more help. Maybe not drastic help, maybe just one of the Bogdanovichis, but some help. But also, like, if if they're going to... I remember we did a roundtable, and I was like, look, if they can just find a way to go, like, four games under 500, I think I said, like, 16 and 20 over the last 36 games or whatever it was, it would be real tough for the Heat to catch them. Heat would have to basically win 60% of their games. I don't think this team can go 16 and 20. I don't think they can play nearly that. I mean, look, maybe Tobias gets back in a groove. Maybe Melton comes back. Maybe Batum comes back. They're more competitive. I'm struggling to see 15 or 16 wins out of this group. They might need some play. Maybe that just means, like I said, a Bogdanovich and a Drummond and a Tyus Jones. Maybe you can get them for cheap enough that you don't have to spend all of your assets. You can still be flexible in the summer, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, I think I think they need something. I just don't like the aggressive moves. First of all, I don't think there's very many out there outside of DeJounte Murray. I don't think there's really a name out there per se.
0: Um is our guy DeMar DeRozan available?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We 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 lean more in his way than the Levine way. Well, early. but
1: that's mostly because the other guy was so toxic <laughs> with his contract and his injury situation.
0: Um Hey, they might need him now, DeMar I mean, DeRozan. Might, yeah.
1: Yeah, they might All right. Well, let's know. head we'll
0: to see. the arena and check in with our guy. Sitting with Derek, r- 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 upset. He wanted to go out there and grab Mo Bamba and get into the position of boxing out <laughs> and showing him how to box out. I'm
1: pretty sure Kyle, Kyle could Newbeck. box out Mo Bamba. Yeah, he wanted I to get out there. He hey, Mo,
0: this is how you do it. Ref, stop the, wh- blow the whistle. This is how you do it. Kyle Newbeck joining us live from the arena. Kyle, yeah. He had 10 rebounds, though. I don't know, I don't know. Four offensive, Mo Bamba had 10 rebounds. I don't know what you were complaining about. I listen,
2: that I even acknowledge that in my recap tonight that maybe <laughs> I was just being a hater, but like there are some possessions where I'm watching Mo Bamba stand there and it's like Bro, you are the tallest human being on this <laughs> floor by about six or seven <laughs> inches, and you think that the ball will travel to you as if guided by magic or ghosts or You just got to put some magnets on his hands,
1: magnet in the ball, he's good to go. It's It's the gravity, man. It's gravity of the ball.
2: I I don't know. So, listen, that's so far down. The Guys, I think the takeaway after talking with people after the game, frankly, seeing Tobias Harris, listening to him talk, this team just badly needs some reinforcements. And I mean, the guys that are not healthy right now that they're hoping to get back. They need Tobias to get right. Like Tobias sounds pretty bad. Like
0: Nick Nurse like said he would. Wow.
2: No, not not in that way. I'd say he still sounds very clearly sick. I actually posted a clip oh, okay. you can okay, can um, okay. After after you guys are done there. But it sounded to me like a guy that if the rest of the team was in a normal spot, I don't think he plays in this game. And I, oh, sure. I, I just think they are short on bodies. They're because they're short on bodies, they're short on energy. And like, look, on Saturday, we could all sit here and say, yeah, they were undermanned, but that was also a bullshit effort. Like, I think tonight they played pretty damn hard for at least like two and a half, three quarters. And then the game got away from them in a hurry. And they just have no ability to punch back right now. Like, their ability to throw a counter punch and to say and Dallas is throwing this at them okay we're going to respond with this like what are the chess moves you make i don't know that there are not it's pretty bleak
1: yeah yeah i think we just <laughs> spent 50 minutes talking about bleak um what so like you say reinforcements like what does that mean to you like how hard are you going in on this
2: so honestly you could pitch me on going either way right now, right? Like let's see where we are after Joel's surgery for all intents and purposes. What we're all expecting is the 98 percentile outcome. They, they snip out the part that shouldn't be there or is not helping him. He's back in two months or so and whatever is left without him for the next two months is what they have to push into the playoffs and, and survive until he gets here. And probably something close to status quo. You could convince me based on I'm not saying I would do this, but based on how they have looked the last couple of games and based on the rest of the season that they should sell. And they they could look at this and say even if slash when we get Joel back, this is a team that is going to have let's be realistic, like high end outcome is like 90% Joel start of the playoffs, right? That would be an plus outcome, yeah. I, I think that'd be a great outcome. And by that point, if they play like this, they're going to be hovering in, we all were like, hey, it's fifth or sixth seed, they'll be okay. This is a team that looks like they'd have to scrape by to get to the play-in right now. So uh, obviously we're being colored by two the last two games and certainly some games last week without Joe and the mood is down right now, but it, it's, I do not envy the front office right now. The Reinforcements are going to have to come both internally and externally. If they feel they need to, to pad the team to give them at least a puncher's chance if slash when they make the playoffs, but I don't know, man, just, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a tough call. Well, what do you do?
1: I just want to point out that you talked about Joel's meniscus surgery the exact same way you would talk about me. Just cut out the part that isn't helping and get him (laughs) out of here.
2: I wouldn't say that. I think you're quite a bit of help on a day-to-day basis, Derek. As much as we squabble like the uh, the titular characters and grumpy old men, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly us. Yeah. And and
0: and with this, Kyle, and, and seeing this, we've seen we saw the 51-point performance from Tyrese Maxey. But we've also seen two games now with Brooklyn and tonight, where uh, the length and, and and the defense that they showed him on Saturday. Threw him off, and again having to rely on his other teammates. Tobias Harris not there. He was there tonight. Tonight, he also had to battle through the foul trouble, and then trying to really assert himself while playing with the foul trouble, while looking for the calls from the officials, and still dealing with that defense. Has and, and seeing this, and talking about the reinforcement reinforcements. reinforcements how, how have you seen, and, and maybe even your thought of how thing how we have thought and talked about him so glowingly, and it's not his fault that it beat his injure, injured, but thinking that he can do certain things, and now with him having to be the lead guy, what have you seen from him in these last two games specifically?
2: So I would say if there was a post-game theme, this was probably it, right? So Nick Nurse said one of the things they did poorly as a team was they handled the blitz poorly. And that's something that Tyrese Maxey, without Joel Embiid, is going to see every single night. Now it might not be the same volume every night; might come from different places, but he's going to get blitzed. And Kelly Oubre in the locker room was asked, like, you know, what can you guys do to help him? And he pointed out what Dallas does and what they did that unlocked the game and allowed them to pull away. Dallas knew what they needed to do every single time that Luka Doncic or Kyrie Irving got blitzed. They got to the same exact spots, they made the same reads, they made quick decisions, and they got an avalanche of open threes because of stuff like that. And so some of it certainly is on Tyrese, right? Like he has to respond appropriately, has to look for the right guys, get the ball out of his hands quickly. But a lot of it is on teammates got to think and react quickly. They have to swing the ball. Like there were some times tonight where Tyrese got blitzed And I'm not trying to pick on Paul Reed. I'm not expecting him to be like Draymond Green once the ball gets dumped into his hands. But there's some times when he's catching a pass and like five seconds are going by before he does anything with the ball. And that's a big problem. Like you when a guy gets blitzed, the value for you as the offensive team is that you are now playing in a four on three. Well, if you allow it to turn back into a four on four and then a five on five you have allowed the other team to waste seconds of the shot clock and accomplish exactly what they're setting out to do with the blitz. So that's a big problem. I also, the other point with Tyrese, he admitted after the game, he said, you know, I, I thought I spent too much of the, the second half trying to play for foul calls rather than just looking to score.
0: And being like we aggressive. Talked about. Yep.
2: And I think you could see that in real time, right? Like, Easier for me to see because they were scoring, or not scoring, they were shooting at the basket, not doing a lot of scoring. They're shooting at the basket that we sit by as media in the second half. And you could see Tyrese throwing his arms up over and over again on plays that, like, they're well-contested, well-defended plays where he's just throwing the ball up at the rim and, and they're bouncing off harmlessly. So I completely agree with that assessment. I thought that was pretty clear watching the game. So look, this is a big adjustment for him. This is, you are going, as we've said a hundred times, you're going to be the number one guy on the scouting report every single night. And teams are going to place the appropriate amount of responsibility on you as a result. So it's, there are a lot of problems for him to solve and they got to do it as a group.
0: I'm glad he admitted to that. We talked about that really early and I'm I'm glad he, that that's the maturity that we talk about. So now that he sees that, He's going to look at the film, and hopefully he makes the necessary adjustments to, to, to not do that because he was flailing too many times, to your point, lifting his arms. But even on those shots, he was fading away yeah. a, a lot of those, and you're not going to get that call, all-star or not.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like the when Tyrese is at his best as a driver, he's hitting first. It's the same with any player, right? Like You see with Luca, they're much different stylistically. But the reason Luca is so dangerous despite his athletic limitations is that he always hits first. That shoulder is going into your chest, and then he's hitting you with the step through. Then he's hitting the euro. Then he's dragging one foot and going real slow, and he's picking up a foul. Like You have to be the attacker, the aggressor as the guy with the ball in your hands. And uh, I, To your point, Devon, I, I'm very glad that he came out and said that himself because— It's what I thought during the game and being able to be honest with yourself like that is really important.
0: Yep.
1: Well, you mentioned reinforcements. We spoke a little bit early about the ones that could possibly come Thursday. What about the ones who are sitting in street clothes right now?
2: I I wish we had better, more concrete updates. I know Sunday, uh, Batum was a limited participant. I know Melton got work in. I don't know that. I can't remember if it was characterized as full participant, but was at practice once again on Sunday. So certainly he's—I hate to use this word—after the James Harden saga, he is ramping up. There it is. We, bust, we busted out the <laughs> ramp once again. He's, I don't know if it's a—we uh, needed the bill for Small ramp, big ramp, whatever it is. I was going to say, if you want to talk about recurring bits on the show, yeah, going to have ramp. to get a, a ramp and a I can't skateboard worth a shit, but. Maybe we get involved (laughs) with that (laughs) somehow, but, uh, yeah, I mean, those are the two big ones. Obviously Cove is a more of a longer term where that was when they told us that was three to four weeks, although it's probably been a couple at this point. Uh, so yeah, those, those are non update updates. If you're asking me, I I keep saying uh, that I think, and I hope that Melton will be back. Batum has constantly been framed as more of a, you know, precaution thing, but only so many precautionary days you can take yeah. before it's a, a real issue.
0: We did see you all on, on the bench with his green on green plaid. You saw him on the bench. It's too much plaid in that, in that, that too much green too. Too much frankly. green, and you can't have the, this. Yeah, it was too much. It was the same. Yeah.
1: Then again, who am I to talk? You know.
0: I'll talk. I feel like I fashion a little bit. Yeah, it was too much. I don't know what was going on there.
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fashion police, Joel. I, I will say one other thing that they probably need to figure out. I know we all say, oh Tobias a good locker room guy and they have good leaders on this team, but it's hard to replace the leadership of the Alpha dog the top guy so that they're yeah. going to have to figure out he can when he speaks he commands respect even if he doesn't speak a lot. It's been good to hear from what we've been told, He's been in pretty constant contact with everybody, Nick Nurse, the players. So it, it's been good to see him still involved in some way. But obviously, like I said, to open, I, I think the, the key here is that they just need they need help. They need to get right. That Every team says this around this time of year. They badly need the all-star break. They got to eke out some wins here. By any means necessary, get that week off, get some guys right, and then attack that final stretch and hopefully get Joe back eventually.
0: Quite a few games in between that time. And, of course, we'll be talking about them as well. Make sure you, you read Kyle at allphly.com. Check out the recap. We'll be off tomorrow as a team together because we'll be back on Wednesday postgame following Sixers hosting the Golden State Warriors. And hopefully we get a better forty eight. Uh, from the Sixers in that game.
2: Even if we don't, I'll be excited to watch Steph Curry in person, one of the the best shows in the NBA when he comes to town. So I'll be excited for that.
0: Never gets old to watch the greatness. Never gets old. Kyle, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. See you, fellas. Kyle Newbeck, again, live from the arena, allphly.com to check out the recap. Uh, Before we go, yeah, just watching greatness in person. We've seen Steph Curry for a, a lot of years coming through here, especially during their their dominance in uh, uh, in the league. Remember when they used to bring out the rope around the, I mean, they do it now, but they really had to bring out that yellow rope to block off the court because so many people would show up early for the early entry of the the season ticket holders and and the others. And they would get in there, man. So many people wanted to be on the floor to watch that pregame.
1: Every home game I go there, you know, for the pregame presser, leave at halftime come over here and do the show most of the time quite frankly i'm a little bitter i wouldn't mind staying there watching the whole game absolutely i love the job that we have i would just like to watch the whole game in the arena that being said when steph comes in the star attraction is his pregame routine it yes. is insane the skill level that guy has obviously not breaking any news and most of the time, when you see, see when you see guys do shit in pregame warm-ups, you go, ah, whatever. They're all talented. No, this dude's on another level. It is a show unto itself. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Golden State won tonight. Uh, they took down the Brooklyn Nets 109-98. As much as I hate to say that, they did it 109-98. So they, they're coming off of a win here, and, and they're coming into town right now where they're trying to get their bearings in order in the Western Conference, trying to figure out their situation. Golden State Warriors right now, sitting at 22 and 25, a game back of the 10th spot in the play-in. So every, everyone counts for them as well. And don't forget, we'll see you on Thursday for the trade deadline, 2 to 4. Rich will be with Kyle Newbeck, Derek Bodner, me. You get to see Bree. We always talk about Bree, but you, you know, never see her face. Bree's is going to be there, so you get a chance to meet Bree. We'll be at the Chicken or the Egg on Thursday And again, that's two to four in Marlton, New Jersey, right? Marlton. Marlton, New Jersey. The chicken or the egg. Come on out. Hang out with us. This is real time stuff, folks. So you guys like to talk about the deadline. You're in Jersey. You have some time off from work and you want to talk about the trade deadline. Get it live real time. Thursday, two to four. The chicken or the egg in Marlton, New Jersey. Uh, We got a lot of people to thank here uh, on the show tonight. Everybody tapping in with us. So we got a lot of people to thank. You want me Will to get you? some? You get some? We well, can start it off. Right. We got
1: Neil, Moneymar, Canoli, Rick. What up, Canoli? Bootszilla, Dan. Boots. Coach Lowell, Tim K, Jay of the Jungle, J of the Jungle, Cedric, Joseph, Ken Patterson, Eric. Did we not get Al? Is too, was two I didn't see Al. Today? I didn't see Al at all I didn't either. see Al. Well, whatever you're doing, Al. What up, Al?
0: What up, Al? Missed you. I yeah, missed you, buddy. definitely. Yeah. You always get a what up, Al, even though you're not in there. See Barb in there as well. Wish you could be there also, Barb. We wish we would get a chance to see you and, and see you in person there on Thursday. But if not, we'll, we'll catch up some other time. A lot of folks Al's in was Al's like,
1: man, that game was too bad. Even I can't do this. <laughs> even
0: Al couldn't do it. Even Al couldn't jump there. I feel like a
1: week ago, we were talking about Joel's 70 points and, and a second straight MVP, and now Al can't even join the chat. Like, what's going on here?
0: They're, they were 29 and 13 at one point. Yeah. And it was like, oh okay you know they're right there with milwaukee but yeah we thank everybody we appreciate profit one checking in front running fan base jumped in (laughs) i like that um jumped in in there and in the the comments and uh so so many people neo joe Sox, everybody that jumped in we appreciate everybody ash uh jumping in with this martian lynch 33 huh yeah, I got it. You good? I got it. Part I got it there. We appreciate everybody tapping in. Again, remember we are off on Tuesday. We're off tomorrow, so we will not be with you. So we hope everybody has a great Tuesday. We'll be back for the post-game show on Wednesday. Who knows? Maybe they do something before Thursday and maybe we'll have something to talk about in terms of new personnel, the reinforcements that Kyle talked about uh, on the show. On Thursday. Make sure you like and subscribe. We appreciate it if you do. And when you subscribe, of course, you'll get the alert of when the show will appear. And we hope that you do so. And when you do so, you also you got to hit that bell. Somebody stole our bell, y'all. How piece. do you steal a bell? Or what kind of a it.
1: human being do you have to be to steal a bell?
0: They moved it. Come whatever on. they on. You did. know that's
1: a prop for our show. They took our prop. We they need, they we the need the prop. to put some security cameras in here. We need to figure this out.
0: I don't like it. We need to get to the bottom of this, but in the meantime, do you
1: think like we're gonna hear like a ding on like
0: a Phillies show? You know we are. Yeah. You know we are. We're gonna hear. We're gonna hear something, and we don't like it. James, we appreciate you. So in the meantime, ding, hit the bell, like and subscribe. We appreciate you as always, everybody. Have a good night. For Derek, Kyle, Bree, I'm Devon. We'll talk to you on Wednesday after Sixers Warriors. Maybe we'll talk about a W. Good night city like the mayor.